I V M. So welcome to another week on IVM. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This week on Simplified in a Shorty, Narendra and Shrikat simplify the phenomena of near-death experiences with interesting cases and scientific theories. On Pragati, Pavan and Hamsani are joined by economic policy expert Yazad Jal to discuss negative and positive rights. On the scene and the unseen, Amit Verma is joined by stand-up comedian Aditi Mittal and our production controller Swati to discuss misogyny and popular culture. On Poliabazi, Saurabh and Pranay speak to Shruti Raj Gopalan about the meaning and importance of property rights in India. This week on Shunya One, we have Suchita Salwan, founder and CEO of LBP, a local recommendations platform striving to discover all things new and old. On Hustle Science, Ranveer and Tejaswin speak to their buddy, tech entrepreneur and founder of Hello Inc., Angad Nathkarni, to understand his coding craze and a lot more about his stories. And now, on to your shows. Folks, welcome to Besa Besa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is a really special episode. One of those, uh, you know, the single standalone episodes that we do when we are talking about a single issue that uh, is prominent in the days right now. And if you are investing in the markets, uh, there is no way that you do not know about the crash in mid cap and small cap stocks. To put this in perspective for you, the mid cap index, uh, whether it's the Nifty mid hundred or the S and P. Uh, Mid-cap index is down more than 10% for the year, which is from 31st of December last year till date. Now, if you are in the US, this is called in correction mode. Okay, the small cap index is down more than 20% in the US. It's called a bear market. Now, why is this important? Right, a lot of us. Uh, have SIPs in some of the mutual funds that invest in these stocks. Um, a lot of these stocks aren't exactly trash. Some of them are actually really good, and there's a general feeling in the air as to what's happening. You know, because every few days you have issues on corporate governance, like auditors resigning and accounts not being good enough or not being clear enough, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. I would say in some cases there's also a bit of panic. Now, what do you do in this? You know, if you have an SIP going, do you keep it going? Uh, if you're someone who wants to take risks, do you actually buy into some of these stocks, or do you wait? And let's and how about just making sense of this entire crash that has happened in the last few months? I have with me a really special guest uh, who's very prominent in social media. There's no way that you could not have known him because he's among the oldest bloggers on personal finance. He also runs his own firm now called Capital Mind Analytics. He's got his own PMS, uh, so he knows a lot about fund management, and he's a, he's an all-round nice guy. It's my honor to have Deepak Shonoy on the Pesa Vesa podcast to explain to us about this mid-cap and small-cap crash. Deepak, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking our listeners through this mid-cap and small-cap mess. I'm going to hand this over to you. Tell us, uh, just start off with something about what Capital Mind does, and then we'll get into the details about how this crash has started. Tell us about yourself, Deepak. Thank you. Firstly, thanks, Anubhav, for the opportunity, and it's an honor to be here. It's a lovely podcast. I listen to almost every episode. Thank you so much. But uh, from a point of uh, where Capital Mind is, you know, Capital Mind is primarily was uh, is where I would spend my thoughts uh, as as a, as a blog. It was not even called Capital Mind at the time; it was something else. Hmm. And then it morphed into something that I said I think I can run it as a business. And you know, we provide uh, premium uh, research content to customers who are interested in the Indian financial markets, both mm-hmm. stocks, bonds, mm-hmm. uh, and bonds, and in the markets, of course, of derivatives and options and buybacks and whatnot. Recently, we started a PMS, which was uh, which is a wealth management offering that uh, does both asset allocation with equity and debt, and provides uh, 
uh, our wealth management services at a one percent fee okay. uh, with no performance charge. So we just keeping it as simple as possible and transparent because other PMSs also have a lot of other charges here and there 1% is actually quite good uh, the website folks is capitalmind.in and Deepak Shinoi is actually Deepak Shinoi on Twitter you should ping him you should uh, uh, check out his tweets and what he has to say Deepak let's start with this here you know 2017 was such a phenomenal year uh, across the board I think mid cap small cap indices were up 40, 50, 60% what exactly has happened this year uh, if my memory serves me right I think we uh, the market would have hit a peak just before that long-term capital gains announcement in the mm-hmm. budget, which was about 31st of Jan 2018. And we are now in the first week of July. What's happened? And why, you know, why has this correction happened? And what should our listeners really be looking out for in this? That's a great question. I think, you know, mostly things are visible after the fact. But uh, to a certain extent, the number of macro events happen and a number of micro events happen as well. So, uh, you know, coming on the back of, say, the demonetization situation, there was a lot more money that was made available mm-hmm. in bank accounts and, and, and uh, you know, the uh, avenues perhaps of investing suddenly increased across the board. Mm-hmm. We knew uh, in the last year, I've seen a lot of people move money out of uh, avenues like real estate speculation into the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've seen, you know, uh, a more secular trend towards an increase in investment in mutual funds, that has continued. I mean, regardless of whatever damage has happened, hmm. uh, we've seen a continuing increase in the investment in mutual funds over the last six months as well. Hmm. So in one way, I think the rise was contributed to by a lot more people participating in the markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, of course, volumes are still not at the same level I would have liked them to be because I've seen 2007 and 2006 and you know, in the 2007 markets, volumes were a lot more compared mm-hmm. to GDP compared to what we are now. So mm. at that time, I think volumes on the market were about 20, uh, 14 to 20,000 crores a day. Okay. Uh, uh, which as a GDP level of uh, uh, 40 lakh crores, mm-hmm. we were talking 0.5% of GDP per day traded on the on the equity markets. Fair enough. And today the GDP is about 1.7, 170 lakh crores. Okay. So, uh, the volumes today on the exchange are about 29, 28,000 crores. Oh. Which uh, is, means that the GDP went up 4x. Okay. However, the volume in the market has not even gone up 2x. That's very interesting, yeah. So, to a large extent, uh, the retail investors' um, you know, standpoint, they've, they've actually moved out of the market a lot more uh, Investment is now being, it used to be 33% of the market was retail. Hmm. Now it's probably 20 to 22%. So a significant amount of retail participation, direct participation in the markets has been removed and they come in through institutions hmm. like equity, mutual funds or like uh, insurance companies and so on. Hmm. Uh, but to a certain extent, if you look at where the market is today, it's hmm. not significantly lower hmm. than, uh, you know, uh, the past. So okay. if you look at the price to earnings ratios. Okay. Even if you look at the indexes as a whole, they are at close to all-time high. Yes. Um, uh, whether it's the Nifty, which is at 25, 27 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the mid-caps, which is uh, probably at 30 to 32, if you, depending on which index you look at, the small caps, which are also at significantly higher levels. So I think one of the things that happen when P ratios go up is you have very high expectation of growth. Yes. That comes in. Yes. So fundamentally speaking, some of that growth hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. 
and some of that growth as we find out in recent times has been uh, perhaps created for our convenience because mm-hmm. uh, that growth wasn't there so we saw uh, vakrangi for instance which went from uh, you know very little to about a 35000 crore market cap and yes. now has fallen to over 6000 crore market cap wow, uh, yeah. a bunch of other stocks like uh, pc jewelers that got caught in the melee but probably yes. has something to do with the situation which is unexplained so the stock is falling from 500 rupees to 130 mm-hmm. and you've got um, uh, stocks uh, across the board where you know the auditor is designed like manpasan where uh, uh, one does not really know what the explanations are to a lot of things but you know mm-hmm. the, the stock has corrected substantially there is a, a kitex garments which has uh, had some unexplained events and things on its balance sheet which uh, for a few years people questioned it but continued to buy the stock and so at one point the questions became too many and mm. uh, over the last uh, few months maybe a year mm. we have seen the stock you know crater down to about uh, 80% you know where it was I think it's 80% I'm not sure mm-hmm. but having said that mm. even like all these stocks have value it's not like I'm going to go say buy a currency because it's fallen 80% because a stock that falls 90% mm. is just one that first falls 80% and <laughs> then falls by half. <laughs> yeah. That's just math, so, right? It, it just math. Like if you yeah, if you if if your stock price is is at 100, it falls 80%, it's down to 80 and then you yeah, you get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then it's down to 10 because if you bought it at 20, thinking yeah. that it's fallen 80 rupees down, yeah. you can see it go to 10 quite easily and all it would have done is move from 80% down to 90%. Correct, yeah. Which doesn't sound very great, but you've lost half your money. Yes. Uh, so you've got to be careful about whether a stock is from 80% because of well, what factor, no? Hmm. There are two factors. First hmm. is solvency, solvency being the fundamentals of the company, is it sound, is it great, hmm. and, and so on. Hmm. Um, Solvency problems are more difficult to resolve. So mm-hmm. a Punjab National Bank losing 13,000 crores is much more difficult to resolve mm. than, you know, it's stock falling 10% because of mm. random other reasons. I'll come to the other reasons. Sure, sure. But the, the fundamental problems, the attributes of fundamental uh, issues uh, are either that there is a fraud in the company and you basically have now discovered it, mm. uh, or there is an issue in the financial Financial many companies, for instance, Bhushan Steel or I many of these NCLT driven companies, mm. they couldn't even make, they were making habit I mean, mm. before, uh, um, you know, interest uh, and depreciation, but they could not even pay the interest from that earning. Wow. Which okay. means they were fundamentally insolvent. If you earn 500 crores, but you have to pay back uh, uh, 3,000 crores in interest, mm. interest alone, mm-hmm. you are going to find this uh, very difficult proposition to. Uh, Create and then what happens is your debt keeps going up, sure, and sure. then at one point you cannot hit a wall. So the debt problem that is that's a solvency issue. Correct. There is sometimes the problem of business, and yep. the business itself can be volatile because of cyclical issues, yeah. like sugar. Yeah. Sugar went like crazy last year, and suddenly it's gone to the doldrums, and mm-hmm. you know we've seen that cycle completely evolve. Or we look at uh, uh, companies in the chemical space. There okay. are some chemical companies that have that went up double, and then have fallen 40, 50, 60% because the chemical cycle is looking to be topping. But mm-hmm. having said that, there are still, there are sometimes in this whole game of cyclicals, there, mm-hmm. are, there is also something called a liquidity issue. Correct. I'll come to that. Okay. Because when you create a liquidity issue, you basically take, uh, for stocks fall because people need to get out for non-fundamental things. Sure, yeah. Sometimes 
you say the chemical stocks cycle has gone down and mm. you get out of all chemical stocks mm. regardless of whether the micro industry in which your company is targeting mm. is probably not impacted by the chemical cycle at all correct there yeah. may be an anti dumping duty on a chemical that lasts five more years mm. and it is not going to see a price reduction on the demand it continues to be good mm. so uh, your company's actual underlying fundamentals may not be uh, destroyed but then people take a secular call saying the chemical cycle is over mm. your stock gets caught in the melee and that's mm. a liquidity issue which means we are getting out non fundamental mm. then going beyond the company or sector specific is where the market specific liquidity issues come mm. the taxation of long term capital gains was one such situation where uh, you were going to be encouraged to get out uh, largely because you could uh, get out so that your profits could be protected hmm. if you had bought much earlier there was no there was no reason to do that but the simplistic concept is if you say that my gains are grandfathered till jan 31st hmm. but not after that you are giving an incentive for somebody hmm. whose stock has gone up after say jan 31st hmm. to immediately exit because uh, if his long term holding was at 100 rupees on jan 31st it went to 120 by fed He was going to exit and say, "Listen, the, the extra twenty rupees I will have been taxed on mm-hmm. if I exit after March, mm-hmm. and I immediately can exit today and buy it back." Mm-hmm. So what would happen is you would exit, you get the money after two days in your bank account, and later you would say, "Okay, maybe I won't buy the same stock; I'll buy something else." And so um, people who exited uh, and and put their money back into the market, that mm-hmm. cycle itself caused a bit of the damage. Sure, that was a liquidity-driven thing. Okay. There were FIIs who basically uh, saw that the long term, the macro pressure on emerging markets started mm. to increase, and this was starting of December last year. But mm. mostly, where the U.S. liquidity pressures uh, increased because the U.S. is raising rates and trying to curb curb liquidity, there is a pull out of money from all emerging markets. So mm. we are bad, but we are probably just as bad as most emerging markets this year. Okay. And Uh, in all probability, it's also the the impact in a dollar basis is about the same because the dollar itself has appreciated substantially with comparison to the rupee this year. Yes, it so does. So the whammy that that uh, people get as as foreign investors is a stock falls hmm. and the rupee depreciates. Hmm. They have a double impact. Hmm. So uh, to avoid a further impact, they sell that causes even further damage to stocks and then. If they take out money from India, that causes further damage to the rupee. So effectively, uh, you get like a from a positive reinforcement cycle to a negative reinforcement cycle. Correct. And you know that creates more pressure on stocks. And it's a liquidity sure. issue that happens. Sure. Indian interest rates correspondingly are going up. Sure. Because as the dollar depreciates, inflation increases. Indian interest rates go up. Hmm. You got the macro now starting to play a part. When interest rates go up, hmm. a company which is able to finance its debt at eight percent is now paying nine and a half. Hmm. Hmm. When you pay one and a half percent more in interest, your margins get thin. Hmm. When you unless you're able to translate it forward, and you most likely cannot. I mean, hmm. in many cases, you can't go and renegotiate contracts yep. Uh, yep. immediately. So your margins get contracted. Therefore, fundamentally, also it starts to be a little bit less attractive. If you're hmm. a term player, hmm. don't look and say, "Oh, the interest rates will be down." When the margins are going to be down for the next six months, sure, which is fine for the longer term player, but the short term, a lot of institutions are very short term focused. Correct. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in India they are. Yeah. So they sell. Hmm. So, and then you add a few of the regulatory mechanisms, yeah. and then you got a bunch of liquidity issues there. Yeah. 
So let me, um, folks, let me just uh, wrap this up for you, um, summarize this up for you. No, I'm not going to wrap it up, sorry. Uh, first was the fact that in the last couple of years, a lot of money has flowed into the stock market uh, from real estate or from other sources. A uh, lot of people have, retailers have come in via the institutional route, which is through mutual funds. Okay, like Deepak said, the percentage of retail trading volume as compared to the GDP levels has in fact gone down. So instead of uh, buying stocks actively, retailers have come via the mutual fund route. So first, is that that there is a fundamental change in the way that the market operates from the retailer's perspective a lot of money has come into the market when a lot of money comes stock prices tend to go up which is what we saw in 2017 coming down to specific issues Deepak told us that um, there are some stocks that could be affected by liquidity issues okay uh, and there could be two of those one is liquidity specific to a company and liquidity specific to a sector say if a company is short of money and it's not able to meet its obligations but its business is doing perfectly fine then that's like a short-term problem uh, if it's a lot of FIs that are moving out of India then that's a market liquidity issue could be because of any reason could be because of uh, they have not uh, they are not as positive on the economy as they were then you have two other types of issues. One is solvency issues, okay, which is someone like a Bush and Steel who doesn't have money to pay his debt, okay. And then, of course, there is a business issue, which is where a company faces a certain risk on its earnings, okay. And it could be because of anything. It it could be because of regulation. Could be because uh, one of the clients isn't buying anything uh, much from them as compared to the past. So because of all these, this mid cap, small cap crash that you've seen has been driven by all of these reasons in varying combinations, okay? There are also concerns on companies where auditors have resigned uh, and that has caused corporate governance issues for them. So a lot of these fears seem to have been punched up and they've come up together and they're manifesting in the crash in small caps. Deepa, can you tell us this reclassification of schemes by SEBI, okay? SEBI has mandated that, uh, you know, uh, mutual funds used to have a lot of complicated schemes and as an investor, I didn't know which schemes to buy. They said, okay, now let's make it short and simple. There's large cap, small cap, mid cap. So has this reclassification caused, uh, you know, has it played any role in the crash in these mid cap, small cap stocks? Can you just explain this to us, please? Yeah, this is actually quite interesting. There's about a hundred, there's about, you know, if you look at the mutual funds themselves, most of them are very large cap heavy. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, if you have a 7 lakh crore industry in uh, equity, mm-hmm. it makes sense to pile on to the smaller caps. Mm-hmm. It would uh, be much more useful. So if you look at the large cap funds, they probably have about four, four and a half lakh crores of uh, uh, AUM. Mm-hmm. So about, uh, you know, one and a half, two lakh crores sits in uh, mid cap AUM. Mm-hmm. And about 50,000 crores is in small cap. Mm-hmm. So any funds, and there are funds now that have specifically got to target only some of these companies. Okay. So therefore, more money flows towards larger caps mm. than they do towards mid and small caps. So any company that's classified a mid or small cap has a correspondingly lesser advantage. Now, uh, this does not mean that's the only thing because there's a lot of leeway. Uh, large cap funds also have 80% of its uh, money in companies that are there that the that the SEBI calls uh, large cap. Mm-hmm. As of July, June 30th, mm-hmm. even Vakrangi was a large cap. Okay. Because as of December 30th, it was a large cap. Okay. December 31st of 2017, it was a large cap. That definition then continues for the next six months. Mm-hmm. So whatever was a large cap six months ago, you can buy that. And that is your uh, 80% of your stocks hmm. have to be within those 100 stocks. Okay. And if you don't want to buy a Vakrangi, then you have only 99. If you want to buy a India, you have 98. Oh, okay. 
a lot more money flows into very few counters who are uh, because now you got you know four lakh crores chasing this, so 80% of that is going to be sitting in a lot of these uh, companies. So you see the HDFC banks getting a lot more money, and hmm. the Indusinds and the HDFCs and the Reliances and the and the bunch of larger caps that keep getting more money simply because they are large caps. Okay. Um, this has created a outflow of some sort. Okay. It's a relative outflow, but. Essentially, for a buyer and a seller combination, mm-hmm. you need a demand on the buy side and demand on the sell side. Mm-hmm. So, or a supply from the sell side. The sell side was there because you were seeing, uh, you weren't seeing mutual fund actually exit a lot of uh, small caps. Okay. But you were largely seeing FIIs, retail, and these auditor issues and the chemical issues or whatever it was, creating this. But there was no buy side equivalence from the mutual fund because they said, listen, let's focus on the large caps, let's not buy the mid caps. So, mm-hmm. when you have more. Uh, you know, selling uh, supply than mm. there is buying demand. Mm. Uh, obviously, stocks are going to correct, and I think in the process, a lot of good stocks have fallen as well, and that gives you opportunity. Mm. And a lot of bad stocks have corrected to points where you might say they're still not worth buying, but they still exist. Mm. But you know, it, you can see this in the volumes. The volumes mm. have come down mm. since mm. the last three months in a lot of the big cap stocks, and mm. that correction is now uh, you know supreme. Okay. Okay, Deepak, um, this is the final part of the show where we get down to specific things for our listeners, okay? I'm going to ask you a few questions and just, you know, just help us out here. First, let's look at the listener uh, who has an SIP going in mid-caps and small-caps. He is damn scared of what's happened, okay? He's considering whether he should stop his SIP, just chill out till the market, you know, sorts its stuff together. What would you tell him? I think personally that he should start looking at the markets for much longer time. Mm-hmm. Let's say you bought the mid-cap index mm-hmm. at the peak of 2008, at the absolute peak of 2008. Okay. You today would have been, with the NIST, you would have gained about 72% okay. from the peak of 2008. Okay. The mid-cap index is up 90%. Wow. From the, the 2008 years, peak, from the 2008 from, peak. From the 2008 peak. Wow. We're talking about from the 2008 peak. Okay. The mid-cap index is... And remember, a lot of mid-caps have become large-caps because what yep, they yep, know they yep, become yep, large-caps. So if yeah. you bought the mid-cap index, hmm. it's quite likely that some of the stocks have gone and become larger caps, mm-hmm. like a Bajaj Finance, yes. uh, which of course, I, didn't, I don't know if it existed at that time, but I'm saying that it started off as a mid-cap yeah, and yeah, yeah, of course. it moved up to a larger cap. Hmm. Uh, or if you look at uh, uh, some of the smaller uh, stocks as well, so small-cap index hasn't moved that much. I mean, it's okay. only done about 20% perhaps from the 2008 peaks. But the point over here is again, the stocks that are small caps will become mid caps if mm. they're good. Mm. And you will not necessarily be stuck only with the small cap uh, tag all the time. So mm-hmm. it's this time that you should stay invested. Even the Nifty next 50 has collected a lot more than the Nifty has yep. in this year. Yep. But that doesn't mean that the Nifty next 50 is a bad stock. It's just the stocks number 51 to 100 okay. in the top market cap list. That can't be so bad. Okay. So even that has corrected, you know, more than 10% in this year, I think. Or okay. 9% in this year. Okay. I believe the idea is don't over-allocate to one sector, but at the same time, don't walk away mm. and say that I will never invest. Because this is the worst time to say it. It's probably going to see another 20% damage or 30% damage. Mm. But if you can't take the heat... Don't be in the kitchen at all. Yeah. Don't invest in stocks. Yeah. This is the plan when you're 
your uh, uh, liquidity is going to be tested mm. in the stock market itself not in specific stocks mm. some stocks will win some stocks will lose that's part of the game mm. but you can't walk away from the entire game saying stocks are manipulated or stocks are stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. this stuff creates well this stuff creates freedom yes. in the long term yes so to him you would say calm down okay hold on to your investments do not stop your sip look at the longer term okay over 10 years this is what happened and if you're in this game for the long term then this is part of the deal this is what happens markets go up markets go down markets crash you have to navigate through all of that and if you're someone who's focused on 10 15 20 year kind of time frame just calm down you know you just take this in in your stride keep your sip going would that be uh, would that be accurate I think yes. I mean, at, at some point you want to just ask yourself the overall. If you're hundred percent mid cap and small cap, of course, I would say you know change that strategy a little bit. Okay. Add a little more large caps. But mm-hmm. if you are there, mm-hmm. uh, there is no need for you to micromanage your uh, allocation and say let's move out completely. I think mm-hmm. that's the worst thing to do. You don't have the time. That's why you give your money to the mutual fund. <laughs> yeah. Then. You know why would he make his investment decisions on a drastic basis? Yeah, investor number two, uh, never invested in stocks. Thinks he's very smart. He wants to come in because hey, the prices have fallen. I'm I'm this really cool and smart guy, and I've read that you should buy stocks when they're fallen. You think it's a good time to start a mid cap or small cap SIP, or you should first look at your asset allocation and then figure out okay, large cap, itna mid cap, itna small cap. Now, what would you tell this guy who's entering stock markets for the very first time and wants to start an SIP, not direct stocks? Wants to start an SIP. What would you tell him? Okay, so I think that two kinds of people. First, people when they think of risk, they think of reward. Mm. I am taking risk, therefore I am entitled to a reward. That's a very bad concept, according to me. So, the first thing you should teach a person who comes into the stock market and whether he is investing stocks or mutual funds is mm. first learn to lose money. Mm. Because that losing money and the fact that you have to take it in your stride is a mm. very important thing about the stock market. Many of us come have learned this over time, but A lot of first-time people who are like, walking the market typically are successful because they may never have failed an exam in their lives. Mm-hmm. They have got a job and you know got recommendations or recommendations. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how to deal with failure. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a stock market and you say, "I'll put my money in the mutual fund," I see tons of reports. I do all the mathematics mm-hmm. and alpha and beta mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And you go invest in the mutual fund, and then it goes down ten percent. Mm-hmm. You. Feel like a fool because <laughs> you know that you were wrong, yeah, right? Yeah. And be non perfectly fine in this market. It's not yeah. like you're out there to win exams. Oh, that's you a super point. Yeah, yeah, being wrong is perfectly fine in this market. Yeah. Actually, so learn to be wrong first. Hmm. Hmm. So make a sum of money hmm. and uh, put it in the mutual fund and immediately think you've lost. If hmm. you don't have that risk capital, right? hmm. what I would suggest is take all your money and put it into a liquid mutual fund. Mm-hmm. And Every month, let us say you put five lakh rupees into a liquid mutual fund. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you take the money that comes out of it, mm-hmm. which is approximately two thousand to two and a half thousand rupees per month. Mm-hmm. That is the expense, the gain in that mutual fund in that month. Take mm-hmm. the gain out okay. and go and invest that money into stocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're never going to lose your capital. Yes. Forget the inflation adjustment and all that stuff. Just from a basis, mm-hmm. from your point. The five lakhs of five lakhs. Mm-hmm. Take that money, put that into stock. Do this for a year. Mm-hmm. After a year, you see whether your stock investments have gone up or down, mm-hmm. and your capital still remains at five lakhs sitting in the liquid fund. The liquid fund is relatively safe. Right. So you will then get the confidence to say, now I can move money into stock markets. Okay. You will be able to deal with the volatility without having to 
concept that I have lost to me. Sure. Technically, mm-hmm. you are going for capital is still preserved. Mm-hmm. So you started with five lakh. Even if the stock goes to zero, you still have five lakh. Yes. Yes. So that's a good framework for someone who is not keep or not comfortable with it. Okay, understood. And the last category is the savvy investor uh, who always had hundred uh, percent in, who was hundred percent into stocks, didn't really see this crash coming. Has his portfolio is already down, let's say, fifteen uh, percent from the Jan thirty first tops, and he's still, you know, he's still hundred percent in equity portfolios, falling from hundred to eighty five. What would you tell him? I think most, unfortunately, many of many people who are invested already are fully invested, don't have any more cash. Hmm. For them, there is not much of an option than to say that uh, I think we've got to cut allocations hmm. because regardless of where you are in the market, having hundred percent in the market, according to me, is not a great idea. It's uh, a full-time business for even for people who have it as a full-time business. You need certain cash levels to you know continue, hmm. and um, I would say build up a cash position, hmm. uh, which you don't have any cash left because. You will get more opportunities, and you will need cash for those opportunities. So Correct. you might rejig your portfolio, build a cash position, hmm. and uh, spread that investment of that cash position over the next six to eight months. Hmm. Uh, the idea then is that I think it will give you a reason to look closely at new annual reports, new stocks, hmm. stocks that fall dramatically because hmm. of allegations of corporate governance or something. Then you. You analyze, you might say, okay, this is not so bad. Hmm. Uh, so once you do that, you know that the stock is probably getting over beaten up hmm. um, uh, by by something that it shouldn't. Hmm. And uh, over time, you can recover that. I mean, because you have to be confident enough, and that's why you're a savvy rich investor, yes, uh, who's who's actually looking at this in more careful terms. So, point here is build a cash buffer for those distressed. सिंगल रुपी टू पुट इन ंग Suddenly, you know, the, there is a potential large trigger mm. on the horizon, and mm. the market's not seeing it. Mm. You will, you need this. You need such a market to be able to invest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, and stocks do provide that, right? Even a massive stock like Infosys uh, had given that opportunity when it had fallen to eight hundred, eight fifty, because uh, I think when Sikka was removed, so we know that that had happened. It happened with Page Industries when there was talk of the promoter reducing his stake, so the stock had fallen at that at that point of time. Uh, on smaller stocks, I believe Avanti Feeds also had a similar scare. So yeah, I mean these stocks can fall. So uh, that's Deepak. That's really valuable advice on all three levels for our listeners. Folks, if you want specifics, na, here's the thing. 
go to capitalmind.in okay subscribe to the product and you can find as much specific stuff as you want out there well, deepak has a lot of recommendations he has a lot of portfolios and you should uh, look at his website and check his twitter feed for what he says and what his specific recommendations are on the market deepak really thank you so much for this i owe you one i will come down to bangalore i know this is a phone call uh, podcast episode not the best ones that i would have liked but i'm going to come down to bangalore uh, very soon and we're going to sit we're going to chat we're going to have a much longer discussion on a lot of other things uh, thank you so much for guiding our listeners through this uh, this meltdown in mid cap and small cap stocks uh, folks the website is capitalmind.in and deepak shanoi is deepak shanoi on on twitter uh, i hope this was useful for you deepak anything else you want to tell tell our listeners uh, you know how to be brave in the stock markets <laughs> <laughs> i certainly want to thank you for coming to the great show and i i hope uh, people enjoy this uh, please connect with us and also as you said on twitter uh, or otherwise but i also want to say that you know please. this is going to be a stocky market so mm. i think my point of view over here is don't let go of investing because mm. the market's become choppy this is the time when character shows and uh, uh it isn't it isn't great to just you know tell people that uh, i bought a great stock or mm-hmm. i my stock went up we don't tend to do that a lot but uh, uh, at the same time i think losing heart because the stock fell mm-hmm. is not also the right way just mm-hmm. pick on this is a great market to be in india is going to be a phenomenal story going forward mm-hmm. you have to pick the right stocks to play fantastic deepak i'm going to sit with you and talk with you about the emotions of investing also i'm just really i, I want to do that bangalore trip soon man we're going to have a longer uh, chat on that thank you so much deepak uh, for doing the show for us folks that's a wrap on this very special episode of paisa paisa thank you for listening no material on the show should be considered as financial advice the material on the show is for informational purposes only please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision Every week comes a show where three people come together to tell you about stuff they like. A movie, a TV show, a book, and other stuff. Tune in every Monday on the IVM podcast app to IVM likes. Batman approves this message. Thank you, Batman.